All right. I would like to welcome Rosalind Jarrett Sepulveda to the show today. It's great to have you on here. I'm very excited to hear your story as you're very heavily involved in the USA Triathlon Foundation as you were a 2020 national ambassador for them amongst a multitude of other triathlon titles that I'd love to hear more about as would everybody else. Um, so let's just start out with your story. How did you get so heavily involved in triathlon? What was that journey like for you? Well, I started in triathlon because I needed to make some changes in my health. After I turned 50, I did all the tests that you do after you turn 50. And my doctor said to me, you're a mess. My arterial calcification was too high. My bone density was too low. My cholesterol was too high. I was on five asthma medications and I was basically working. Um, and my only activity was sailboat racing, which does not involve any kind of weight-bearing aerobic activity, and that's what I needed to do. So you, so, hadn't, done, you hadn't done any sort of... I had never run. Um, I had been to gyms in my 30s and hated them. Now I love it. Um, <laughs> and I just hadn't done that kind of activity. And I was looking for inspiration and a friend of mine who was, uh, had been an ex-teacher of mine who was a publicist and he was in his 80s and he was running marathons. And I said to him, Julian, how did you get involved with this? How old were you when you started? And he said, I was 56. And I went, oh shoot, there goes my excuse because I was 55. He suggested that I check out the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team and training program mm -hmm. and because his brother was on their board. And I checked it out, it was a wonderful charity, obviously. There, I think there's no one who cancer hasn't touched in their lives. Um, so through that program, I went to one of their meetings, I talked to the people who were doing the running program, people who were doing the cycling program, and the people who were doing the triathlon program. And the people who were doing the triathlon program were a bunch of fun young guys who were very ADD with really great senses of humor. And I said, these are my people. These are the people that I can connect with and relate to. And I said, but I'm 55 years old. And they said, honey, there's a 70-year-old nun who does Iron Man. You can do it. She and I, by the way, she's now in her 80s. Her name is Sister Madonna Booter, and she still wins her age group in triathlon. Awesome. Uh, so I trained for my first triathlon. And along the way, I became involved with the LA Tri Club. Mm -hmm. uh, I joined them even before I did the first race because I was just loving this experience. When I started, the first day that I tried to run, I got about a half a block from my house and stopped because I ran out of breath. I could not swim across the pool. I literally cannot make the 25 yards across the pool. I had, I had a bike that was... Um, this was in 2002, and I had a 1979 Moto Super Mirage heavy steel bike that weighed 30 pounds, and um, hadn't ridden it in about 20 years. So I was not what you'd call an athlete. And I did team and training. I did my first race. It was in San Francisco. It was the Treasure Island triathlon. The water was 56 degrees. Ooh. And uh, it took me to do an Olympic distance triathlon. Took me five and a half hours. Oh my gosh. And, uh, yeah. Anybody who knows triathlon yeah. knows that's a really long time. But uh, I said to myself, I love this. I'm going to stay with this. So I stayed with LA Tri Club. And Two years later, I was volunteer of the year for LA Tri Club. And three years later, at one of our uh, social events, uh, I met a guy. We became friends for about a year. And uh, about a year later, he asked me out. And 
six years later, I married him. So <laughs> triathlon, I not only fell in love with the sport, I fell in love with an athlete. Yeah. And um, I just found that the experience of getting out there and training and doing swimming and biking and running. And what I loved about triathlon is that you didn't run every day. You didn't bike every day. You didn't swim every day. You alternated it. And that was better for your body and it was better for my soul. Yeah. And so I loved the sport and things began to happen physically. My health numbers improved dramatically over a couple of years. I now have better bone density than most women in my age. I now take no asthma medication on a daily basis. I have an emergency inhaler just in case. Uh, and my health has improved wonderfully. And I met a community of people who were like-minded, who enjoyed fitness. And the other element of it is that when I was doing team and training, I loved the fact that I was raising money just for sport. So right after that, in around 2004, 2005, I became involved with a group called See Different, which was trying to open triathlon to blind and visually impaired athletes. And my mom um, had macular degeneration and had lost her eyesight in a later age. So I really related to people who had visual impairments. Mm -hmm. Through See Different, I learned about the Challenge Athletes Foundation, which provides opportunities for sport and for equipment and training for people with physical challenges. And I started raising money for them through their through races that I did. I also became more ambitious. I wanted to, I saw people competing on the national level and on the world level. And I thought, this is so exciting. I would love to do this. So that gave me motivation to really kick my training up quite a bit. Yeah. And um, in 2004, I'm sorry, in 2008, I qualified on the national level in triathlon. And, and I'm sorry, let me back that up. Can we, this one you'll have to edit. You're good. Just keep talking. Okay. Um, in 2005, I qualified in a quathlon, which was just swim, run, no bike, um, for the Aquathlon Worlds in 2006. And I had my first experience at the ITU Triathlon Aquathlon Worlds uh, in 2006 in Lausanne, Switzerland, of competing on the world level. And I loved it. Awesome. I love the experience. It was like being at the Olympics. There was a parade of nations when you started and you were wearing Team USA and you were competing with athletes from all over the world. And the way you got there is you had to compete on the national level first. Yeah. And that became a goal for me. Okay, now I did it in aquathlon. And my first aquathlon, I was last in my age group naturally, but I didn't care. It was all about the experience. Yeah. So uh, in 2008, I qualified for the USA Triathlon Nationals, which were uh, at the time in, the, they were up in Oregon. And I qualified, I did the race and I sneaked in under the last end of the qualification, but that qualified me to do triathlon worlds. So my first triathlon worlds were in Australia in 2009. And to get there, uh, I started training with a coach and you're a coach. So you know how important it can be to train with uh, someone who gives you some direction. Um, and my coach at the time was Siri Lindley. She was training all uh, Olympic hopefuls and me. <laughs> <laughs> and she was training at a gym that I was aware of but hadn't joined called TriFit, 
which was started by a couple named Bernarda and Gina Baskey, who were triathlon coaches in Los Angeles. So I started training at the gym and I not only fell in love with the sport of triathlon, I fell in love with that gym and I'm still a member. It's called TriFit LA and it is been a fabulous community for me. So I had LA Tri Club as a community. I had TriFit as a community. And I was really discovering that multi-sport led you to people who were passionate and who were um, dedicated to challenging themselves. Yeah. And that was really inspiring for me. And along the way at LA Tri Club, one of the people that I met was a um, Ironman triathlete named Lamar Sepulveda. And he and I were friends for a, about a year and a half before he finally asked me out. And, <laughs> after, and once he asked me out and we started dating, he told me he had a dream and that dream, his son, ironically, had had leukemia at age three. His son at the time was um, just turning 25. And he said, I want to raise money for Children's Hospital of Orange County where my son was treated for leukemia. That's great. So he came up with this idea of doing creating his own solo state-to-state -state triathlon. And since I was a publicist, he was enlisting me to help him market this event so we could raise money together, which again, spoke to my soul. Mm -hmm. And so we created something called the Pay It Forward Challenge. Mm -hmm. And his event, which still boggles my mind, was to swim from the Venice Pier to the Santa Monica Pier, which was three miles, got on his bike, rode to Phoenix, Arizona, another couple of like 500 miles, <laughs> got off his bike, ran back-to-back -back marathons, rested for a day, and ran Ironman Arizona. That is great. All told, he did about 600 and 50 miles approximately. And this was all within a span of how many days? Um, less than a week. That's nuts. <laughs> Monday through Saturday. And we raised $15,000 and we decided to keep, and it obviously, that was in 2008 that he finally did the event. And it really, again, spoke to us, spoke, cemented our relationship and cemented the idea of having the Pay It Forward Challenge that we could then use to raise money for different organizations. And we had discovered along the way in our dating that we both were passionate about the Challenge Athletes Foundation. Mm -hmm. The Challenge Athletes Foundation provides training, provides equipment, and provides um, opportunities of all kinds for people with physical challenges to become involved in sport, all kinds of sport, not just triathlon, but, um, and they fund, uh, they give grants for athletes all over the world. And so we began, we began getting involved with them. And in 2009, we, together, we did their annual San Diego Triathlon Challenge, which is not really a race. It's just an event that um, brings together people in the triathlon community with physically challenged athletes to have a day of celebration and multi-sport. So we began raising money for them. And over the years, we've raised about $35,000 for them. And we uh, partnered with about five or six years ago with a young man who's now 22 named Jonah Vanderveer. He is a double amputee. He was born with his legs on backwards and no forehead and his hands kind of disabled. Um, fused together. He was, his mother calls him a hot mess. And uh, we decided to partner together and form a team. Pay, we, 
uh, our team Pay It Forward became Pay It Forward with Jonah. And um, his motto is some assembly required. <laughs> and we've been, um, this is our, I believe our sixth year competing with Jonah, raising money with Jonah for Challenged Athletes Foundation. And the reason that's so important to us is that we know what sport does to change people's lives. And insurance doesn't pay for people with disabilities to get the equipment they need to participate in sports. You can get a walking leg, but you can't get a running leg. You can't get a bicycle that is fit for triathlon. You can't get, you can get a wheelchair, but you can't get a wheelchair that you can use for wheelchair basketball. So it's been a passion for us to raise money for them. And, um, and that passion for charity is something that, again, led me to the USA Triathlon Foundation. I was aware of the foundation because at various activities that I did with USA Triathlon, I've trained, I've um, now qualified for the Triathlon Worlds or for the Duathlon Worlds, which is run by Grun, uh, or the Aquathlon Worlds uh, for a number of years. And I've traveled all over the world as a result, being part of Team USA, I've raced in Australia, Hungary, China, Canada, Denmark, um, Chicago. You, I don't know if you remember, but there was an ITU race in Chicago and then a um, triathlon worlds in Chicago on one of the hottest days of the year. Yep, I definitely uh, remember. <laughs> and it was pretty wonderful. We started in, um, by the, we ended in the Buckingham Fountain, right by the Buckingham Fountain. And I think we all wanted to jump in at that point. It was so <laughs> hot. Um, and so all those experiences um, and, and realizing through challenged athletes, how much participating in sports could change lives. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that the USA Triathlon Foundation, which was founded in 2014, um, had a mission of opening paths to sport for everyone. Mm -hmm. That so spoke to what we were passionate about Mm -hmm. that um, this past year I applied to be an ambassador for them. And uh, I had been a spokesman, I had been involved with USA Triathlon starting uh, in 2019, they created an event called the Legacy Triathlon in Long Beach, California. And the reason they called it a Legacy Triathlon was to start a legacy uh, in 2019, leading up to the 2024, I'm sorry, 2028 Olympics, because the site of triathlon in 2028 here in Long Beach, which is part of Los Angeles, uh, will be that Long Beach area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so being passionate about triathlon, I became one of the ambassadors for that race. And what's unique about that race is that it is not only an open race for triathletes, but it is an open race for paratriathletes. And most excitingly, it was the site of, and will continue to be the site of, uh, in the coming year, assuming the race moves forward in July or when it's postponed, the site of the paratriathlon nationals. And the paratriathlon nationals is an event where the best triathletes in the country get together to compete with one another. And you have a lot of Olympic hopefuls. Mm-hmm. And again, at that race, I became so excited about the USA Triathlon Foundation and their mission to give grants for youth triathlon, to give grants for paratriathletes, and to give grants for Olympic hopefuls that I applied to be an ambassador, and that's what I am today. 
That's awesome. Speaking on their behalf and representing them at events and racing, I'll be racing in their kit and getting people involved because it's never too late to try a try. Yeah, very true. It's never too late to get involved in sport and to get involved in fitness. Right. And I think that's also something that's really um, speaks to what we do here too. You know, we have, especially like if we back up and we talk about your initial reason to get involved in sport, you know, you came to a threshold in where your doctor was like, you need to, you need to move, you need to do something. And I think there's a lot of people out there who they get to a certain age and they haven't been very active and they get to this place where they're like, they almost think that they're undeserving of becoming an athlete. And I, I like how you've made this sport of triathlon, which is another very impactful sport because so many people can do it. Um, but your journey into it, you took this initiative to say, okay, I need to do something about my health. And I think that's really important for people to hear because again, so many women, especially, you know, as we get older, unfortunately our body and so do men, but our bodies definitely break down. You said it yourself, you have bone density issues, you know, and I think there's a lot of miseducation out there in terms of the benefit of giving, getting involved with it. It is never too late. You know, so I, I can respect your jumping into triathlon later in life and doing something. And then lo and behold, you probably went back to the doctor. You got all your tests done again, and you probably saw a increase or decrease, whatever it is that you're talking about, but you saw a benefit, you know, in terms of what it did for your health. The benefits have been amazing. Um, my last here we are, I started in 2002. My first race, I was 56. I'm now almost 72, I'll be 72 in June. And my last series of tests, my bone density was above normal for a woman my age. So great. My, my arterial calcification is, I mean, I haven't had a, a, an, whatever you call it, angio, grandma in a long time, but um, my heart rate, I was on blood pressure medication. It got to the point where I was getting dizzy because my blood pressure had become so low instead of being so high that they wow. took me off the blood pressure medication. They took me off five asthma medications. I have an emergency inhaler uh, just in case, and I almost never use it. Yeah. Uh, I my skin cleared up my weight i dropped obviously i dropped a little bit of weight let me tell you a story about one of my fellow ambassadors her name is sue reynolds mm -hmm. and she was a 335 pound grandma couch potato mm -hmm. and her doctor gave her the same speech i got and she went from being a hundred, I'm sorry, 335 pound couch potato to sixth in the world in her age group in triathlon. It's unreal. And she wrote a book, it just came out this week on Amazon called The Athlete Inside. And it's a book about her physical, emotional, and spiritual journey to becoming an athlete. And uh, all the money that she's raising from the book is going to the USA Triathlon Foundation, which is pretty wonderful also. And I know, Sue, um, we've probably, I know that we were on the same um, races in Chicago. <laughs> and I know that we competed in uh, the triathlon nationals in Milwaukee at the same time. And I'm reading her book and she's describing her jitters going into those races, especially the first big national race that she did. And she talks about her jitters during the race and her fears. And I could relate to every one of those. We all feel that. Sure. We all, you know, at the beginning, we don't know what we're capable of. And that's one of the things that triathlon has done for me 
and participating in multi-sport has done for me. It's made me realize that I can challenge myself to reach beyond my limits. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, my husband is such a character and has done. He did another, I mean, the state to state triathlon was crazy. That was when he turned 50. And his kickoff for that was um, in 2007 when he turned 50. He ran 51 miles for the first time in his life continuously. And he called it his 5150 race because 5150 is the police code for crazy. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that's how he picked up, you know, kicked off the Pay It Forward Challenge. <laughs> and when he turned 55, and we were of course a couple together by then, he decided he would challenge the Guinness Book of World Records record for most miles run on a treadmill. Oh, continuously man. for 12 hours Come on. so we set up a big stage in front of our house we got two treadmills from a wonderful vendor who you know lent us two treadmills <laughs> and we um had a friend who was a video person set up a video camera and we invited all our friends and neighbors to come we made a big party out of it and we uh, invited people to run on the treadmill with Lamar. That's awesome. Uh, I did some of it, not a lot. And we, uh, he ran, he raised, uh, he broke the, the uh, Guinness, then Guinness Book of World Record for most miles. He ran 62 and a half miles in 12 hours. Nonstop. Nonstop. Um, it stopped for, for 30 seconds because he hit the wrong button. Um, if anybody's wondering, he'd, we'd wrap a towel around him and he'd pee in a cup. Um, every time he'd get a cramp, they'd yell, Rosalind! And I'd come and massage out the cramp. Um, and we finished when it was the 12 hours were over by having a big birthday cake. We had the birthday cake. He walked in the house and plopped, <laughs> lay down on the floor and didn't get up for a while. <laughs> but we raised, that year, I think we raised around $15,000 for the Challenge Athletes Foundation. That was our big fundraiser for that. So again, it's challenging yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have challenged myself doing all these world events. I have challenged myself. LA Tri Club did a um, a bike ride from Huntington Beach to San Diego, mm -hmm. and it was for me. It was 82 miles riding on a bike. Now, if you're an Ironman, 82 miles is part of your training. Yeah. If you're Rosalind, 82 miles is a really long bike ride. <laughs> um, I've run marathons. And uh, my, first, my first marathon was actually with my 85-year-old marathoner friend. Uh, he, what I, he was doing, I had seen him do the LA Marathon and in well into the wee hours of the morning. And I said, okay, next year I'm gonna do it with you. 14 hours later, we finished the LA Marathon. <laughs> So I decided, you know, this is kind of interesting, but I don't want to do 14 hours. Okay. So I entered myself into the lottery for the New York Marathon. This was in 2010. And for some ungodly reason, I got picked in the lottery. So I said, okay, I'm picked in the lottery. This means I have to race a marathon. Mm -hmm. I have never run more than a 10k <laughs> what am i going to do now and, and a friend marathon is obviously no joke yes 26.2 miles and it is um one of the biggies the new york marathon it's probably one of the other biggies besides boston mm -hmm. and a friend of mine was running the 
training program for the New York Roadrunners team for kids. Mm -hmm. So I entered, even though it was in New York and the training program was in New York, I entered that training program. So again, I could raise money for charity. And I told everybody I knew I'm raising money again for team for kids so I can do the New York marathon. Mm -hmm. And um, I did it. it. I trained remotely and then ran with my team. It took me six hours and 15 minutes. Wow. But I finished it. And I'm a native New Yorker. So for me, it was running through my own history. And it was so exciting. Awesome. And I decided after that, I would do the LA Marathon. And... I brought my time down from six hours and 15 minutes to five hours and 38 minutes. It's amazing. So again, you, if you challenge yourself, you don't know how much you can do until you challenge yourself. Very true. Whether that is personally, professionally, spiritually, sport teaches us Mm -hmm. that our limits are just that. They're limits we put in our minds. Yep, absolutely. You're speaking to my soul. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> it spoke to my soul, and, and it, were, it was people along the way who challenged absolutely. me. Absolutely. Our, our, this older friend of mine who's gone now, he was a, like I said, he was my teacher. When I took my first course in publicity um, at UCLA Extension in entertainment publicity, he was my teacher and we became friends. When he turned 90, he challenged himself to run 90 miles in nine days. Come on. 10 miles a day. Jeez. In three counties, he started in San Diego. He did three, three runs in San Diego, three runs in Orange County, three runs in LA County. My husband, Lamar, ran the first 30 miles with him. And um, for his, the end, this was before the LA triathlon, I mean, LA marathon had become stadium to the sea. His last 10 miles was actually, or the end of his 90th birthday race was to run the 5K or the 10K, I forget which it was, for the LA Marathon. And wow. we went down and rode our bikes downtown and met him and came across the finish line with him. And that kind of inspiration has stayed with me. I hope to be like Sister, Madonna Buddha and running races in my 80s. Well, I think like, you're well on your way. Yeah, uh, we have another friend. His name is Wayne Fong. You can Google him. And he wins his age group in the um, triathlon worlds almost every year. And he's 86. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's a legacy runner for the LA Marathon and the Long Beach Marathon, and he's in his 80s. It's amazing. People aren't playing in the NBA until their 80s, so <laughs> it's pretty, it speaks, it speaks um, volumes just in terms of the sport. You know, that's one reason why I've always appreciated multi-sport in marathon is assuming you take care of your body along the way, you know, your, your longevity in the sport can go up for so long. And there's a lot of athletes who, have grown up playing team sports that eventually can venture into something like that too. It keeps people motivated. It keeps them inspired to your point of community. There's a huge community behind it and having people to train with and um, run with race with and win with for that matter. And I think that that's always one reason why triathlon, I didn't, get involved in triathlon until I was in my 20s. But I grew up a basketball player and a track athlete. But when I moved to Chicago, I had an opportunity to start doing some triathlons and it was completely unplanned and sporadic.
like, and um, a friend of mine approached me one day and was like, hey, you want to do a triathlon? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And she's like, well, do you want to do an Ironman? And I'm like, it's a really long one. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's pretty long. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And like, didn't really think twice about it because it's just like, if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing, and you know, you want to be a part of something and you want to be competitive and you still have that inner athlete, it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are. You can always get involved in the sport and able-bodied or not. And I think that's another really big piece of this. And the thing that's also really cool about triathlon and, and marathon is you can go anywhere in the world, you know, and be competitive. You can't necessarily do that in all sports. And that's, that's another really cool point in regards to multi-sport. Well, you know, you mentioned youth programs and, and I love that the USA Triathlon Foundation has youth programs. I wish I had known about youth programs when I was young. I was not an athlete. I was the kid who was always um, the last one chosen in team sports and the one that they would chuck off the team as soon as somebody else came along. I still say now, I cannot do sports that involve spherical or elliptical objects. <laughs> I cannot catch, I can't throw, I have no hand-eye coordination, I just don't. And when I was growing up, that's what people did. They played sports involving hitting, catching, um, the only sport that I ever seemed to gravitate towards was sailing mm -hmm. because it didn't have a ball. <laughs> and um, in my 30s, I got involved in sailing. Mm -hmm. um, but even that, I, I wasn't the best. Um, and it didn't provide, and it, it didn't provide the same kind of um, it was a different kind of community. Yeah, yeah. And it was a good community for a long time. I, I mean, I got involved in sailboat racing. I raced sailboats for 20 years. Yeah. And I still love being on the water. But now I also love being in the water. Yeah. And that was the other thing. I really couldn't swim. Um, I was not a good swimmer. I mean, I had swam a little as a kid. I even took senior life-saving. But I was never very good. And yeah. I'm still not fast. But I mean, you don't I need to be. You don't need to be. I mean, I swim a hundred in three in three minutes. I think my best hundred was two twenty, which is still remarkably slow. But with TriFit, my gym, two years ago, TriFit decided to form a master swim team, no requirements to get in, and I swam in my very first swim meet I last summer there I was racing in the 50 yards um freestyle and I came in second slow as molasses but I still came in second in my age group in 70 to 74 <laughs> you got it now, again you're not too late and it was a fabulous experience I'd never been to a swim meet before mm -hmm. my very first one and I was competing mm -hmm. it's that opportunity to try something new mm -hmm. yeah it's a big deal it's a big i mean even in the you know i work in a gym scenario all the time but same is true in this environment you know we have people who come into the into our doors who have never picked up a weight before they don't know yeah. the basic fundamentals of how to squat properly or even lunge properly and these are movement patterns that they probably do all day long but they're not experience that oh i am i am um able to do this i am um entitled to be able to do this everybody should have that access to sport and even the the youth component you know we have unfortunately a lot of young female athletes or or elementary aged girls are dropping out of sport now because they don't feel um, it's an intimidating thing for them, you know, or it's being overtaken by the boys, or there's, there's a multitude of different stories as to why young women are dropping out of sport. You know, so I think someone like you 
who, yeah, you got involved in later in your life. But I think that that is a great, you have a, an amazing platform to be able to inspire young adults and young athletes and young kids to stay involved in sport. You know, it's such a, it can become such an intimidating thing for the, the young female athlete. Well, there was no, I mean, when I was a kid, there was no Title IX. Right. Cool. I mean, that came way after. Right. Um, and there were people, you know, I, I'm old enough that I remember um, going to the, you know, the, I'm sorry, let me back up a minute. I'm old enough that I remember the groundbreakers. I remember the first time that a woman ran Boston and got pulled off the course. Yeah. I remember um, Billie Jean King breaking the barrier in tennis and saying, you know, I can beat Bobby Riggs. Yeah. Um, there have been role models of women who are getting involved and you know there was no women's nba no wbnba whatever um and now there is and women are competing what i love about triathlon also is that you can compete against women in women's events you can compete in mixed events men and women on the same team yeah and um there are there are not those barriers, right. and I, I there are also some wonderful mottos that get people involved. Um, I did the Nike Women's Half Marathon in San Fran, in San Francisco, yeah. and the first time I did it, I did it with two girlfriends, one of whom was um, a friend of ours who was very overweight. And so we ended up walking most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided the next year I would run it because again, I wanted to challenge myself. And what I loved was their model was run like a girl. <laughs> and um, there are now so many programs for young girls that get girls involved. There's a Girls Run LA. Um, there's Nike, the, the Nike race that existed in San Francisco isn't there anymore, but there's still, Nike has wonderful programs. Um, and there are women's training programs in various sports. Yeah. Um, and it's tragic if young girls feel intimidated and get disinvolved because I know what sport has done for me. Yep. And um, the other thing that's really nice about being an athlete is when you're, when you're competing, you don't care what you look like. Yeah. And we compete in all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. It's a great thing about it. And uh, as Sue Reynolds proved, if you want to change your body, sport is one of the ways to change your body. Right. But you can also, you know, there's a, a classification in triathlon called Clydesdale for men and Athena for women. Yep. Because some of women are just bigger. Yeah. God bless them. They're lucky. The six, I wish I was six because I can't reach anything. <laughs> you know, I have to get on a ladder in my kitchen to get half the things down from the top shelf. I'm five foot two. <laughs> I have friends who are six feet. And um, it doesn't matter what size or shape you are, you right. can still be an athlete. Yep, absolutely. And that's, it's so good for people to hear, people of all ages, genders, all of that that multi-sport has provided a opportunity and an experience for all different types of people to be active and healthy. And again, going back to your situation, you know, getting involved later because you had a wake up call at the doctor's office. I think that there's a lot of people out there who have those on a daily basis guaranteed. And I hope that they are able to hear this story that you provided and get motivated to do something different because that is, um, a big missing piece in a lot of people's lives. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, 
So where can people um, find all the information to support you guys and fundraise with you? Where, what are some of the, I mean, I'll obviously put them up, but where are some of the, um, well, right now, um, there are two big fundraising pushes that I'm doing. One is for the USA Triathlon Foundation. And they, I have a fundraising page. I've put it, um, I've made a short URL for it. It's bit.ly backslash R-J-S-U-S-A-T-F. Okay. Um, and so that's for the programs for the USA Triathlon Foundation. Okay. And then my challenged athletes page is support.challengedathletes.org backslash go to backslash Rosalind 2020. All right. And um, another thing about going back to the USA Triathlon Foundation and challenging yourself, one of the great programs that they have that's open to anyone that they do as a fundraiser is they have a thing called the USA Triathlon Foundation Fantasy Camp. Mm -hmm. And they do two of them a year. And you can, you pay a fee that supports the foundation and you can go, one is in Colorado Springs and one uh, has been in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, and I think that one changes every year. And you train the same training that the Olympic athletes do. That's so cool. So that's a goal for me. One of my goals is I want to at some point do the fantasy camp awesome. the USA triathlon foundation, because I want to see, can I push myself to be better? I think with the mindset that you have, you can, I, hope so. <laughs> I have, I have, I have no uh, doubt that you can't. That's awesome. I think that's an exciting goal to have. Um, well, Rosalind, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I think it's very motivating. I think a lot of people will appreciate your um, willingness and energy to get involved in a sport at a later point in your life and how that's changed you as a human and inspired your inner athlete to, one, get healthy, but to, you know, be a pioneer, if you will, for others to get involved as well regardless of their age. So thank you for sharing your story today. Um, we will be sure to put your information up online and people can find all of these links and help you fundraise and keep the, um, keep the motivation going. Thank you. I mean, I wish I were in Chicago so I could come you know, train <laughs> with you next time I'm there. If I'm there, I'll have to come. Absolutely. Look us up. No it's problem. a terrific city. It is a fun city. It is for sure. I, it gets hot in the summer, as you know. So sometimes yeah, well, that I do know. <laughs> yeah, that can be a little brutal, but it's but, a mindset, um, right? Yeah. Well, when baseball season starts again, if it starts, when and if it starts again, one of my things that my husband and I, one of our, our other little goals is to go to every major league ballpark in the country. Yeah, that's a good one. So the two years that we went to Chicago for um, the ITU races, the first year, and it was um, the 100th anniversary of Wrigley Field, so we went to Wrigley Field. And then the second year, we went down to the White Sox Stadium. Okay. And so I have to ask then, if you, if you were going to pick the Cubs or the Sox, who would be your go-to for a Chicago team? I would be the Cubs. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's but, okay. But, I mean, I love the, the White Sox Stadium, but I think the Cubs, because I love their story of, of being... Um, of their 110 or 8 or... Whatever, how many hundred and something years of, of, of never, you know, winning the World Series. I like underdogs. 
Yeah. I'm big on underdogs. So, you know, it's, um, I just, I, I like underdog teams. Yeah. So. It was, it was unique, of course. I mean, just, especially even though I favor the White Sox, it was pretty epic to be able to witness something as remarkable as the Cubs. And I love new stadiums, but there's something about old stadiums that, um, yeah. we were, unfortunately, we were supposed to go to, um, Boston this year. Uh, one of the, another challenge yourself, right? My <laughs> husband's done six Ironman. I have never done an Ironman. I will never do a full Ironman. But um, TriFit and LA Tri Club have put to, is put together a challenge team teams to go do Ironman Montreblanc in mm -hmm. Canada. And so I said, all right, I will run the marathon. My husband was supposed to bike and another friend of ours was going to swim. And of course, it's been postponed because of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And um, that was one thing I didn't mention that the virtual triathlon, um, well, I think I did mention that it raises funds for people who are mm -hmm. uh, affected by COVID-19. Yeah. So our white side, we were going to do a, a trip where we went to Canada, then we went to Maine to see my brother who has a house in Maine in the summer, and then go to Boston and see the Red Sox. The Red Sox play the Yankees. Oh man! Um, and being a New Yorker, I was like, which do I root for? Except that I was a Mets fan, not a Yankee fan. <laughs> Because I lived in Queens. You get not it. Not the Bronx. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you well, again. Thank you so much. I mean, this is a long conversation. Do let me know when, you know, it comes together, if you have any more questions. And yep. I hope I've given you enough material to put together a good podcast. I, I'm sure it's great. It is great. And let me know, and then I can promote that. Will do for sure. Thank you. Well, thank thank you. you. I appreciate your story. I appreciate you coming on. And come do a triathlon again. I, I definitely am getting a little bug. I might have to. Uh... There's sprints. I do mostly sprints. I mean, it's, you know, it's 5K run, 20K bike. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's duathlon. 5K run, 20K bike, one and a half run uh, yep. a, a sprint triathlon is usually 750 meter swim 20k bike 5k run you could do that with your eyes closed absolutely do that <laughs> come, do one in, come do one in la come do legacy when they reschedule it we have a great guest room okay guest suite okay and you'll come stay with us and you'll come do legacy oh sounds like a plan sound like a plan sounds good to me so nice to meet you, Emily. You too, Rosalind. You uh, stay safe over there, and hopefully the weather's warming up and you can get outside a little bit. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle. Make sure to tune in again next week.